0: Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so we've got some more snow today, so winter is not over. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. Yep. Well. Thank you for joining me, Christy. We are doing an episode today of Healing at the Speed of Light. This is our patient-focused podcast here that we produce at Laser Therapy Institute. So this is generally, we're going to try and present material in a way that is friendly for everyone. You don't have to be a researcher or a laser therapy expert to be able to benefit from hopefully what we go over. But it is research-based, so we're going to be walking through a study today. The title of the study is efficacy of high and low-level laser therapy in the treatment of bells palsy a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial so we're talking about bells palsy Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll go ahead we'll define what it is how it's usually treated we'll talk about laser and and what that means when you say laser therapy Mm -hmm. uh and we'll we'll give you some kind of action steps you can take today um a lot of people don't know what bells palsy is Mm um but it can strike anyone very suddenly and so, hopefully, we can spread a little bit of knowledge from this article uh, in, in terms of what Bell's palsy is and how people can get care quickly to get mm-hmm. better outcomes.
1: Is Bell's palsy temporary, or is it a long oh,
0: term? Oh, uh, yes the answer is yes it is both it can be both so that that's part of what we'll we'll get to so christy is joining me today christy is a certified laser tech she's done thousands of laser treatments over the years with patients and she is also our online course content creator so well one of them the the chief the chief creator yes the one in charge so she creates a lot of uh, online learning materials for doctors so we can train doctors on how to utilize laser therapy for things like Bell's palsy, and facial pain, all, all kinds of different things. Um, and my name is Jason Rountree. I'm a certified medical laser safety officer and a chiropractor. And I founded LTI a few years ago so that we could provide training to doctors out there who want to be able to use laser therapy successfully to help patients, um, especially with these disorders that don't right. have really good solutions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, let's talk about it. What is Bill's palsy? Do you know what Bill's palsy is?
1: Well, I I do. Um, I don't know if I want to give stuff away, but my understanding of it is it's a drooping of, of the face and it's loss of, I don't know if it's loss of control, but you just, you have that droopiness and... So. Yes. That's about all I remember. Mm-hmm. How to describe it. No, that's
0: good. That's good. And and if you've if you've had somebody you know, like in your family or if you yourself have experienced this, you know, obviously you know what it is. But a lot of people don't. And so when you talk about drooping of the face, what is your what is most people's first thought is I had a stroke. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Because it just affects one side
0: typically. Exactly. Yes. Matter of fact, from the study, I'll read this. It says that this is the most common unilateral or one-sided. Facial paralysis, Bell's palsy. That's
1: the word I was looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. So paralysis meaning you can't move it, but but because you can't move the muscles of the face, you do get that drooping on one side. So you'll have uh, difficulty in closing the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times people will have some drooling or they'll lose food out of the side of their mouth because they can't use that the muscles on it's that like side. Having
1: novocaine, having dental work, and you just can't function.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So. It, it's not necessarily painful. Some of the people will have, will have like a, a weird sensation on that side. Um, sometimes it feels kind of numb, but a lot of times they can still feel, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, a skin sensation. But they just can't use those muscles. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that is because you, you have two different nerves that run to the side of the face like that. You have the facial nerve, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Facial nerve runs to the face. But then you also have the trigeminal nerve. Mm-hmm trigeminal nerve people have probably heard of trigeminal neuralgia that so the trigeminal nerve is a sensory nerve so when you have trigeminal neuralgia that means pain on that trigeminal nerve so you're going to have very very severe pain on that side of the face Mm -hmm. uh, either side of the face but just one side The facial nerve is very much like the trigeminal nerve, except it carries motor signals or signals of the muscles. Mm -hmm. So, if you have damage to the trigeminal nerve, you usually have pain, but no effect on the muscles. If you have damage to the facial nerve, you usually have paralysis, muscle changes, but not so much on terms of pain. Okay. So. So, the
1: signals just aren't getting there.
0: Right, yep, exactly. So in most of these cases, people just go, oh, I woke up and my whole face was like droopy, my eye was all gunky, and like, what in the heck happened? And, and unfortunately, we don't really know what triggers these episodes. I mean,
1: that's the question. How does it happen? Yeah. You know, what causes it?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, it can be, sometimes dental work can be a factor. Uh, they think cold air blowing across the side of the face like mm-hmm. at night is a factor um and then other times they think it's a viral infection that affects the nerve and then you're left with nerve damage
1: but not typically a, a stroke of some sort or correct okay. yes
0: now a stroke can give you single-sided like drooping and then and then usually it's on the other opposite side you'll have uh problems with the the arm the leg that's definitely stroke you need to get checked out immediately if you have any of these paralysis issues because the chance of it being stroke is very high so what we talk about today is not meant to tell you not to go to the hospital if you have some drooping on the side of your face you should go get checked out but if you have some of this paralysis on one side of the face and it's not affecting anything else in the body there's a chance that it might be bell's palsy so you asked early on you know is it Permanent or is it temporary that's that's a good that's a good question so the answer is yes it is both it it can be both so I'll give you a quote from the study they say in Bell's palsy spontaneous complete recovery was found in approximately 69 percent of patients so therefore about 31 percent of patients who do receive appropriate treatment may still suffer from incomplete recovery with residual facial muscle weakness with or without one of the more commonly encountered complications, um, like contractures, a uh, contracture in the facial muscles, problems with the eye, problems with the, the lips and the mouth. Hmm. So, um, so yes, in a lot of cases, this does recover. Sometimes within just a couple weeks, it can be pretty quick. Uh, other cases never recover completely. So. Um, and that of course is most people's worry when they first have this happen right you know is it going to get better um and so they seek some kind of treatment Mm -hmm. the treatment options are very very limited Mm -hmm. so some people may get prescribed prednisone Mm -hmm. Uh, prednisone is a steroid that helps to fight inflammation the idea is to reduce inflammation along the nerve Mm -hmm. and then have nerve recovery right but some people can't have corticosteroids you know Mm -hmm. diabetics and, and that is a growing population. We have more and more people every year that are, that are in that diabetic category. So if you have diabetes and you have facial paralysis, Bell's palsy, um, you know, corticosteroids like prednisone might not be an option for you. There are some therapy options for exercise, uh, doing some facial uh, massage and facial muscle exercises. Um, that's about it. So, most of the time, when people go and get checked out to make sure it wasn't a stroke. They're told, okay, you didn't have a stroke, but this is probably Bell's palsy, and there's nothing that can be done. So, just wait and see if it gets better.
1: That doesn't offer very much hope.
0: No, especially if you if you know anything about this, and you can go, oh, okay, a third of these cases never get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a problem, yeah. um, and it, it can definitely be anxiety-inducing. And then if you are one of those... Um, you know, a smaller percentage of people that are left with ongoing problems, uh, it has some pretty significant psychological effects, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it definitely affects your ability or your desire to go out in public. Right. And, you know, people are looking at me weird. You can have eye damage. I
1: was going to say, if you can't close your eye, mm-hmm. you're going to end up, I would think, with eye issues, mm-hmm. you know, dry eye, that sort of thing. Um, and it just affects your sleep. It just, the, it can just domino effect
0: absolutely yeah and that's that's yeah there, there are some eye drops you can use to try and keep the eye lubricated a lot of times um people can use like a, a patch to kind of tape the eye closed mm-hmm. um but and then i mean either way it's, it's those aren't good options they're right. just dealing with the problem and hoping that it doesn't get worse mm-hmm. so so given all that This study is on laser therapy for Bell's palsy. Now, when we talk about laser therapy, we're not talking about burning or cutting uh, or destroying tissues or heating tissues up or anything. We're talking about using specific types of light to try to stimulate a repair effect within the body, and that sounds kind of crazy, but think about it this way. Your body creates vitamin D with exposure to UV light, UV light specifically. Other kinds of light won't do it. So certain kinds of light can have different actions Mm -hmm. in the tissues of your body. We know that red and infrared light generally can have some kind of reparative, restorative effects if it's the right kind of infrared light. Mm -hmm. So these researchers said, what if we take laser, a couple different kinds of lasers and apply them to this Bell's palsy problem and see if we can't get some better improvement uh, for these patients. So in this study, uh, they started very quickly after the onset of the illness. So they started uh, in the subacute stage of illness within three to five days Mm -hmm. after it had had first started. So uh, they took uh, they took seventeen people. I'm sorry, they took three groups of seventeen people each, and they treated them three times a week for six weeks, total of eighteen sessions. Mm -hmm. So three different groups. One group just did exercises and facial massage Mm -hmm. another group did low-level laser therapy with massage and exercises and then a third group did high intensity laser with exercises and massage
1: now these groups were all basically in the same uh process of the disease yes i'm
0: over my words no no yeah yeah they all, they were all really quickly after this had onset uh they weren't patients with any kind of sensory loss on the face or recurrent bell's palsy uh, so it was like their first time having it it was very rapidly after it had happened um and they didn't have any kind of central nervous problems like stroke you know or um or parkinson's or anything like that so yes, very very similar groups, um, 17 people in each group, mm-hmm. and um, and treated again three times a week for six weeks with either you know either kind of laser or just exercises. Mm-hmm. Now. I, I kind of nerd out on these comparison, they, they're, they're saying high intensity versus low level laser therapy. And even with high intensity laser, of course, we're not talking about burning or cutting tissues. It's just a little bit different type of laser. And so I thought, right. well, this would be really cool because it should be a direct head to head comparison. Unfortunately, these lasers are very dissimilar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting, but I don't know that we can declare a winner on low level versus high intensity laser. Let me tell you why.
1: Interesting.
0: The low-level laser had a wavelength of 830 nanometers, which is in the near-infrared. It's just mm-hmm. beyond the visible range of what the human eye can see. Mm-hmm. It was pulsed at 1,000 hertz, which means it flashed 1,000 times per second. It had a peak power of 100 milliwatts and an average power of 80 milliwatts. So, low-level laser, but still a significant level of, um, of, of light coming in. And they did 10 joules per point on the face seven different points okay all right so a joule is how you measure energy and in this case it did 10 joules per point total of i'm sorry it was actually eight points on the face total of 80 joules uh total on that side of the face interesting the high intensity laser which we think of as being like like class 4 laser Mm -hmm. this one did have extremely high peak power but very low average power So the peak power was three thousand watts, right? Which is a lot more than the hundred milliwatts of the other laser. That is big
1: difference.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but because of the way that it was pulsed, the average power was only three hundred milliwatts. So very very point one percent actually of uh, of that so um 300 milliwatts still the same spots on still the same spots Mm -hmm. but it's a different wavelength as well so it's 1064 nanometers rather than 830 nanometers so that's a little bit more towards the far infrared it's a different color of infrared light Mm -hmm. still infrared light Mm -hmm. but those two wavelengths can have different actions in the tissues right they have different penetration and scattering properties they don't Mm -hmm. act the same Mm -hmm. so now we know the the power levels were different the light the laser color infrared color was different but the the rate at which they flashed the light was different as well in this case with the 1064 high intensity laser it was flashed somewhere between 10 and 40 hertz instead of a thousand hertz so head to head it's not really a good comparison you've got different colors of light you've got different power levels um, the the what they call the high intensity laser actually had very low levels of average power even though it had really high peak powers i know a lot of this may not make a lot of sense to you um but if you if you've been around light therapy laser therapy you'll want to know some of these terms So i want to make sure i went over that Mm -hmm. so it it doesn't really give us a real clear uh comparison if we had matching wavelengths if the power levels were about the same i mean it'd be a lot easier
1: that's what i'm you know, it's like why such drastically different laser therapy mm-hmm. comparison? Yeah, you know, I understand the laser therapy versus just the massage and mm-hmm. exercise, but two different. I mean, what was their point?
0: Well, I think in their minds they were doing a good comparison of high intensity and low intensity laser. Uh, the problem with a lot of this stuff, and this study is from 2014, so it's it's been a little bit mm-hmm. since it's been out. You know, not not that long, but the the level of knowledge out there on lasers is not always really high for right. the researchers you know a lot of the times these researchers are doing the best they can or maybe these are the devices they can compare but when you really sit down and break down these parameters it's hard to say these are really comparable
1: right
0: so it's nice to know that there's you know maybe some difference between the two um but I don't know if we can really declare a winner
1: it's begging to know what the results are. Yes, were. what are the results, exactly. <laughs> so
0: most people who uh, who listen want to know, you know, is it going to help mm-hmm. me? I don't really right. care about the milliwatts of the laser. Right. I mean, uh, that's very
1: interesting, and very, I would like to do it again, yeah. but I'd like to know what the results are.
0: Yes, were. yes, good. So uh, the results of this study, after a, the first three weeks, they kind of took a pause and did an evaluation, and they said that after the first three weeks of treatment, the greatest improvements – occurred in the high intensity laser group followed by the low intensity laser group. The least improvement was observed in the exercise group. So good improvements for the 1064 high peak power laser, Uh, still good improvements but not as good for the lower intensity 830 nanometer laser and then improvement but not nearly as much in the exercise group alone. So that was at three weeks of treatment.
1: And that doesn't surprise me that the high intensity had a better
0: result yeah yeah you're you're pushing more light in not only because the average power was higher um but you are pulsing the light and we know that Mm -hmm. pulsing light can get the light into deeper tissues Mm -hmm. um and especially if you're pulsing at a high power rate the other thing though is maybe this is that 1064 did better than 830 or maybe the pulse rate the lower pulse rate of between 10 and 40 was better than 1,000 hertz. A lot of
1: questions.
0: So, yeah. so a lot of But either way, everybody got better. And so,
1: that's, that's the point. Yeah. That's what we're after.
0: Yep. Everybody got better. Yeah. So it, it matters. Um, you know, getting those exercises in is a good thing. If you can get laser therapy as well, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So that was at three weeks. But they went on to do, you know, three more weeks of treatment. So they measured again after six weeks of treatment and after those six weeks they showed a significant difference between the treatment groups and the greatest effect again was observed in the high intensity group followed by the low level laser group and then the lowest effect was found in the exercise only group so um that's i think saying that there's benefit for laser Mm -hmm. in these cases doesn't really matter which kind of laser yeah it probably does can we really say today which one's best probably not yeah yeah not from this study no but um we know there's benefit for laser so if if bell's palsy is something that you're dealing with or a loved one is dealing with or or all of a sudden this pops up um and you're looking for solutions laser therapy could be a good choice to help speed up that recovery that doesn't mean ignore everything else that doesn't mean you shouldn't do the exercises um you know you shouldn't protect the eye we're just saying laser might be able to help speed that up
1: Mm -hmm. often it's a combination Laser and exercise or, Mm -hmm. you know, physical therapy or or whatever. Yeah. It's not usually just one, but there's lots of benefits to employing laser therapy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as kind of your takeaway here, I want to make a point of reading this quote. So, they say, although the literature refers to possibly up to 75% of people recovering spontaneously within two weeks... The remaining 25, and we know maybe 25 to 30% of people who do not spontaneously recover with traditional medicine and therapy, will retain a notable consequence of their paralysis, which may have been preventable if they had received complementary treatment with laser within 15 days of the diagnosis. Wow. So that's pretty darn clear. They're saying whether it's high-intensity laser, whether it's low-intensity laser, get laser treatment within two weeks of having this thing start. That's if you amazing. do, your chances of, of not having ongoing long-term uh, effects are much better. You don't want long-term effects. You want to get through mm-hmm. it quickly and, and move on and have good repaired nerve tissue so that you don't have the drooping, the difficulty closing the eye, and you should do it within two weeks. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no hope if it was a year ago and you still have symptoms. Oh, well, We no. can still work on that. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yep. And I would be curious, you know, even, what, nine years later, mm-hmm. what level these patients are at They've right improved and gone away yeah
0: complete improvement and mm-hmm. did some of them have ongoing you know residual problems um we, we don't really know you know from this but I, I think it does stand to say that it's important to handle this quickly mm-hmm. you know get checked out make sure you don't didn't have some kind of uh, worse you know episode something Stroke-related potentially, um, but if you know you've got Bell's palsy, consider doing laser and consider doing it right away.
1: It's it's just worth the try. It's it's worth giving it yeah. a chance. You know, it's non-invasive. It's um, it just the the hope is there
0: yeah absolutely and it's painless you know yeah, we should yeah. say you know this is this isn't something that hurts to have done uh, there's no medication interactions to speak of. Right. Um, I, I guess I should say if you're using retinols for skin care it's a good idea to discontinue that if you're going to do laser therapy it does make you your skin more uh, light sensitive we're using light Um, Mm -hmm. but but really I mean you can still take your prescribed corticosteroids if you need to you can still do your exercises you know you can still use the eye drops and everything and also do laser therapy along with that and ideally minimize the chance of you having ongoing symptoms like 30 percent do so if you need more information Check us out, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can always email us as well, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. We're always happy to help out. I was just uh, working actually over this last week with somebody in Ireland who is trying to find good laser therapy for a relative. Um, We went back and forth a number of times, spent a little bit of time trying to find the right person for them. Um, We will help you if you are trying to find solutions. We will do whatever we can to try and help. There also might be an LTI clinic near you. You could go straight to. You can just go to the tab labeled clinics on our website and see if we have a clinic near you. Um, we'd, of course, our, our LTI member clinics are absolute experts. They're perfectly equipped with the best equipment out there to make sure they can get good results. So check them out. And in the meantime, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks with some more research. That's good. Thanks. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.